Hi friends, welcome to Grilled Cheese and Rosé, where we discover the different blends within life. I'm your host, Brittany Nicole, and this is season two, episode one, titled Discover Your Sexy, with special guest, social media influencer and boudoir photographer, Alicia Haskett. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. Thank you for coming on. Um, Alicia's purpose in life is to empower and liberate women through boudoir photography. I feel so like bougie saying that. (laughs) (laughs) And she uses her skills to change the narrative that has defined the standard of beauty for Black women. So today I thought it would be a great conversation to center it around discovering and tapping into our sexy. I believe when we tap into these elements as women, no matter our shade or shape, It increases our confidence and empowers us to show up more in different areas of our life. But, but, but before we get into all of that, (laughs) Alicia, tell the friends about yourself. So again, I'm Alicia Haskett. I focus on women of the diaspora and helping them to liberate themselves and empower themselves through boudoir photography, because that is my passion. Um, I started this, this part of my business around three years ago. Um, and I really wanted to tap into what I saw with a lot of women, especially black women. They weren't really able to access that part of them because they just felt like they could not. Or it was because, you know, they were worried about their family, yeah. worried about their careers and things that really just really had them be in a space where they felt restricted. And so I wanted to really give them a space where they can be vulnerable and feel that sexiness that sometimes is lacking, not because we don't want it. It's because we don't really feel like we have time Mm, to do it. That's good. So I wanted to provide that space to say, you know, you can come to me. um, We can have conversations. But the biggest part is I want you to tap back into that part of yourself or get to know that part of yourself that makes you really understand what you love about being a woman. Oh, I love it. That's good. And you know, it's funny that you say that because it's so, it's something that we already have and we'll kind of get into that because I don't want to like, you know, get ahead of the Mm -hmm. conversation, but it's something that we already have. And it's interesting that we choose to not use it. You get what I'm saying? Like we choose to not use it. So before we get started in the conversation, let's start off with clarity. Um, How would you define sexy? To me, sexy is is rather subjective because my version of sexy is red lips, um, which is why when I go live, I always have red lipstick mm-hmm. on. And it is, you know, um, one shoulder off with a T-shirt on. So that's literally my version of sexy gotcha. is confidence, what my confidence is and how I'm able to show that to others by not really getting that from someone else. Mm-hmm. But my confidence is something that I do for myself. And so for me, that sexy is confidence. I like it. So I was thinking about, you know, I, here it is. I'm like, okay, how can we define sexy? I wonder what her answer is going to be. <laughs> so I was like, well, I think I, <laughs> I, I should probably come up with um, my own definition. And I was thinking, you know, sexy for me is a state of mind. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if I could really describe how I look right now, <laughs> it's not really mm-hmm. the sexiest to the standard, right? Yeah, but because yeah. I am very confident in who I am and I feel sexy, I can have on a robe and not have my hair done and still feel sexy. Exactly. And it translates exactly. different for different people because it's all for different women because 
it starts with how we view and see ourselves. That is it. That that literally is it. Because for me, with what I do, no two sessions are the same because everyone is sexy within their own space. Yeah, that's true. So when do you think you discovered or did you feel like you always had it? Like you, I mean, obviously you always had it, but like, when do you feel like was that defining moment or age or, you know, you can describe, uh, you know, where you were or whatever, if you remember where you discovered it for yourself? I would have to say when I turned 30, honestly. Mm. Um, And that was because previously I was in a relationship, I was married and we got a divorce. So because I was so, you know, wrapped in wraps with this person. I don't even know this word, but I'm gonna go with it right now. <laughs> that works. Um, but <laughs> exactly. But I was with this person from 18 to 30. And so wow. my existence was like wrapped up there. We were a unit. It wasn't just Alicia. Mm-hmm. And so when that dissolved, I really had to figure out who I was as a woman because, you know, I'd been with this person from my teenage years. So really understanding as a woman who I really wanted to be was, it was scary. Um, it would definitely was hard, but it was something that I had to do even to get to this point, to even, even have this conversation with you or to do what I'm doing on, yeah. you know, Instagram or with my, my projects is really, I had to figure out what my version of that was before I could help other women figure out what their version was. Because that to me, if I can't be, you know, my live my truth. I of could course. never, ever do what I'm doing um, right now and be, you know, so good at it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's funny that you say that because a lot of times people will try to teach before actually becoming. Yes. And that's so backwards. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's really, um, I mean, it's really imposterous to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it is. It, just because you know something doesn't mean that you are in a position to teach or to share. Maybe at that moment, the information is for you. And it's funny also that you said, well, not funny, but it's interesting mm-hmm. that I have had different conversations with women and it's something about 30, man. It's something about yeah. leading up. <laughs> it's something about leading up to 30. And then it's also something about um, losing an attachment, Mm -hmm. losing some type of attachment. Those two combinations, I mean, they seem, it seems like it's a whole, it's a whole new world. It is. (laughs) It is. It really is. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it really is. Yeah. Because I I know for me, so I ended, um, I got of a relationship, four year relationship around, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like 27, 28. And I really began to tap into because after that moment, after that detachment, I realized I didn't know pieces of me. And it was a yeah. lot of pieces I didn't know. And so yeah. even though I was aware, like I was confident in a lot of area and a lot of, I would say, forward areas, but I was mm-hmm. insecure in a lot of undercover areas. Yeah. And so it took me a couple of years from like, I would say the ending of 28 up until 30 and probably even going into like 31 where I had to understand how do I properly embrace? Because, you know, we'll talk about it in just a few minutes. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. sexy is defined as sex, right? Yes. Yeah. And that's totally different. And so when you're growing up and especially, you know, we'll talk about that as well, social media, but 
you're growing up and kids are looking at what sex is, but not that's not sexy. No. And so and, I yep. go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No, I was gonna say it is it's it's something that which is why I I I only really focus on black women mm. because our version of, of sexy has never been our own. Yeah. We've always been told what our sexy was. That's true. And because of that, it's very hard sometimes for us to connect with that part of ourselves that we can be modest if we want to, but if we want to show, you know, our skin, it's okay yeah. because it's yours. Like you, you have autonomy over your body, over yeah. your pleasure, and no one else can take that from you because it is yours. You like you're born with it, but we've yeah. been told um, by what we see on the media, what we see in our you know spiritual houses, what we see just everywhere that it's not ours. So we yeah. cannot take ownership of it because that's not what you are supposed to do. Yeah, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. That's really good, especially in um, in religious households. Um, mm-hmm. You know, growing up, I'm I'm a PK, and so when you talk, when you just spoke about like your body not being your own. Yeah. And even though I understand what they were trying to teach, what it did is it detached us from ownership of ourselves. Yes. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that is so, so, so true. So what would you say um, with the movements and the sessions and everything that all of the women that you've encountered, what would you say are the top, let's say top two challenges or hurdles that you've seen women face to like discover or tap into their own version of sexy? I would definitely say, um, like we said, with the spiritual houses, that's something that they have to disconnect from Mm -hmm. um, and really understand that your body is a reflection of, you know, what God has for you. Yeah. Reflection of that, that purpose. And you have to use it how you would like to. And, it is your birthright to do so. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. Um, another thing is understanding that you have to have that intimacy with yourself because we we really define our relationship um, based on who we are, but mm-hmm. we don't really think about the relationship that we have with ourselves. So even if that's a physical relationship, like just touching your body, I have sometimes mm-hmm. when I have clients come in and I'm showing them how to do a certain pose and they feel so awkward just touching their body. And mm. I'm just like, but I just want you to like, I'm so used to it now. So it's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. it in my mind. <laughs> but yeah. when I see that look in their eyes, then it's a stop. Let's have a conversation. And then from there, let's try it again. Because sometimes that does make people feel uncomfortable to just put their hands on their thighs and like yeah. just make their hand go down really slowly or putting their hands on their breasts. And they're just like, this is not like, this is, this is not what I thought that this would be. And I'm like, yeah. but you have to do this because this is something that you need to connect with. You cannot disconnect from your body and expect to live a life of, you know, living in your, your purpose and your truth. If you don't understand just the simple things that happen, which is why I always go live with a lot of people who are, you know, in that field who are talking about sex and how and why we are disconnected from sex and yeah. what, it means to be intimate, not just physically, but, you know, emotionally with yourself, spiritually with yourself. For sure. 
So you said something, intimacy with yourself. What does Mm -hmm. that look like? How would you define that if we, you know, of course we have our female friends that are listening. And so if you were to guide them through just some things or some areas that they could focus on to become more intimate with themselves, what would you suggest? I think the first thing is you have to love your body and you can't say, you know, I have this flaw. And sometimes we use that and we say it in a joking way. Um, I have a lot of people like, oh, you know, I'm just going to lose this amount of weight Mm -hmm. or I just need to, you know, I'm sorry. Like they apologize for parts of their body. And I'm always like, this is your body like this. You've got this far with this body. So I think the first thing is we need to stop saying, you know, we have flaws and we need to say I'm learning to love this part of my body because that is totally a different mind frame than saying you have a flaw. So the first thing is just to say, you know, I'm learning to love. Like I have have big feet from my dad. Like my feet are big as I grew, my feet grew. So when I was 11, I wore size 11, which is odd for a child. Um, But I've had to learn to really love that part of myself, even though it was hard because it really, really, you know, made me in a space where there are certain things that I felt like I wasn't attractive because of that, or my height, like I've always been tall. So I was the tallest kid in school. So Mm -hmm. that really, you know, having boats, like I was always called boats, like when I'm getting new shoes, they're like, you could swim with those shoes. Like it was always something with that space. So I really did not like, you know, growing up my feet. I didn't like my height. I didn't like certain things about myself because of that. And as I've gotten older, I've grown to love it and really honor that, those parts of myself and, you know, come from a space where I am thanking those parts of my body because I would not have been able to make it this far without it. And so I think that we need to get into that space. I have flaws, but say, you know, I thank my feet because I, like I said, I've gotten this far. I've been able to walk these many miles and they are here and I love them. And have those conversations. Like I always tell certain clients, you know, to look in the mirror. And when you're looking in the mirror, look in the mirror naked at yourself and really start to look at your features, start to look at your body, start to fall in love with yourself and use affirmations. Um, I know sometimes that sounds cliche, but affirmations really help you because they put you in the mind frame of, you know, these are the parts of me that I'm learning to love or I am beautiful. And that really helped me on my journey to really understanding who I was as a woman, was to go on YouTube and find affirmations. And when I got up in the morning, that's what I was playing instead of, you know, music or an alarm. That is what I listen to. If I'm walking, even now, I will have affirmations playing in the background, just walking and just listening to that. Things about, you know, you are beautiful, um, you are successful, you know, you are an amazing woman. Those type of things do help because when you start to fall back on that negative talk, then you can continue to say, no, I am beautiful. You know, this is a part of me that I'm learning to love instead of saying a flaw. Yeah. And it sounds like as I listened to you, um, you're, you were very intentional about, yeah, yeah, you were very intentional about this aspect of your life. And what's interesting is that a lot of times we will pay attention to all of the other things we'll pay attention to, you know, being intentional about our job or our career Mm -hmm. or relationships um, or schooling, furthering our our education and not realizing that loving ourselves will actually help us even more in those areas. 
but we tend it to will. we tend to do it the opposite way. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm going to say it, it does. Um, the reason being is because when you understand your worthiness, yeah, you don't allow others to tell you what your worth is. Agreed. Which is something that we definitely have challenges with because, like you said, you know, we see these these women on social media, on TV, who are our same complexion, but they may have a smaller waist or bigger behind, yeah. you know, um, whatever features they have on their face. And we start to look at ourselves and say, you know, should I look like this person? Yeah. Like if I don't look like this person, is there something wrong with me? Yeah. So now that you, you, you brought up social media. So do you think, and it's kind of like, um, it's a two ended question or maybe double question. It's not really the mm-hmm. word I wanted to use, but we'll go with it. Um, so, so do you feel like social media has tainted the idea and the definition of sexy or do you think in some ways it's enhanced it I think it's both mm-hmm. honestly um social media really allows me to get my message across that all black women should see themselves as beautiful because we are the standard of beauty no matter what you look like For sure And I think that I would not have been able to do that without social media. Mm -hmm. But on the opposite side, you know, you do have (laughs) different things that come into play when it comes to that negativity, um, especially depending on who you're following, because there are people who are following people that they should not be following because they don't add anything to their lives outside of just looking at them and wishing that they look like that person. Yeah. So I do think that is, you know, when you look at social media, it's literally a moment of someone's life. Mm -hmm. And within that, we love storytelling, you know, so we will make up this entire narrative about this person instead of just thinking this is the second 30 seconds, you know, 60 seconds of this person's life. But we think that they have this grandiose lifestyle when, in fact, it, it may be as far from the truth as that fake picture is. Yeah. So if we, you know, when, if the friends, you know, really began to take this intentional journey of having more of an intimate relationship with ourselves and with our body and connecting, how, um, how intentional should we be with following people on social media? I I think you should, you have to be intentional as you would, like you said, picking um, a place to go for education. Mm. Because we are visual creatures. And so when you are, which is what social media is, especially Instagram. So when you are steadily looking at these things, looking at these things, looking at these things, your subconscious mind is picking up on these things. And what ends up happening is you start to look for those same things within yourself, within your family members, within your house, you know, within anything that you come into contact with. And so it's important that if there is something that is negative towards you that you're looking at, that you, you don't have to follow those people. I've done that. I've stopped following people because I realized that it was one, taking too much time out of my day. And two, (laughs) these people didn't follow with what I'm trying to do with my life. And because of that, it's like, you know, even for a certain artist, like there's certain artists that I love, I love their music. Mm-hmm. And then when I see certain things they say or see certain things they put up on social media, I'm like, I can't, I'm, I'm not even going to even acknowledge this. So I'm just going to, you know, just let it go to the wayside and follow them. Yeah. 
And I think that's so important that you have to be in that mind frame of I can just unfollow them. That's in the virtual space and in, you know, the physical <laughs> Real life, space yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Like just, just unfollow them. Yeah. I, you know, it's something that I've started practicing. I, I started practicing probably about five years ago, being very intentional about protecting my energy. And, yeah. um, what I have, what I noticed in the beginning is I dealt with a lot of anxiety, which is interesting because I never mm-hmm. dealt with it as a, as a child or as a teenager. And I realized as an adult, I started dealing with anxiety and it would happen. It would be triggered every time I heard the notification on my phone. It was the mm-hmm. weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. And so actually for the last like five, six years, I actually, my phone is always on silent. And I turn off certain notifications sense. because it, it made me feel like I had to, and I mean, that's what it's, that's really what they created it for is it made you yeah. feel like there was a certain urgency that you had to, you know, look at or see, or somebody who has gone live or whatever the case may be. And I turned that completely mm-hmm. off. So at least I could start to preserve my energy and not feel like I was always connected into something. Um, I actually I saw, it. thank you. I actually saw a comedian or heard a comedian uh, a year ago say that he turns off the, on the Apple. I didn't know that you could actually like make your phone black and white. And hmm. yes. Yeah, so he said, he noticed when he started to turn or his phone, he keeps it black and white because the colors kept him on social media longer. Hmm. The vibrancy kept him involved yeah. in scrolling. I said, man, now I tried it for like a couple of days. It is very, <laughs> it's definitely yeah, different. <laughs> it's definitely different. But he said, you know, he's been doing it for um for such a long time that he's, his eyes are accustomed to it. But he found that he was just scrolling and scrolling and engrossing himself mm. with all these different aspects and opinions and thoughts and comparisons. And we, we as a people have to be um, very intentional and also we have to use the self-control and the discipline that we have within us to resist. And that requires us to protect our energy so that we can fall in love with those areas that we don't necessarily love right now, (laughs) right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when you talked about, you know, growing up, I, um, two, I was every age of my shoe size up until 10. And then I stopped. So I was 10, I was, yeah. you know, age 10 and the mm-hmm. size 10. And then I was always the tallest. And then also I had really big breasts when I was growing up and well, you had it all. Oh my goodness. And I got my cycle when I was nine. So oh, wow. I had a lot of things that my peers had no idea what was coming mm-hmm. down the road for them you know I was already experiencing and so like you there's a lot of things that I had to grow and to understand and I think you know going back to um, clarity is how we define sexy I think we also need to define um, some things for ourselves in our own lives so that Definitely. way we have a better understanding as to what it is that we're looking for. What are we being intentional? What are we being intentional about? Definitely. No, I, I totally agree. And I think a lot of times, well, I think it's mostly our generation yeah. is doing a much better job with this and being intentional. Um, I know for me at 1030, my phone goes to do not disturb and, um, yep. It does go black and white, actually. Hmm. And so sometimes if I'm doing a live, I forget that it's on there. And so I have to hurry up and like turn it off. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, 
but it does it does that it does actually and i need to continue with that because sometimes i'll be like oh i'm just gonna scroll a little bit more but that's something that i am working yeah. on um but it does it really does for me set the tone that okay it's 10 30 like yep. you are you're done you're done for the day you're done on social media um i did have a timer i still have it on facebook i had it on instagram and then took it off of instagram and it really does like it'll tell me if I'm in Facebook like you have two hours yeah mm-hmm. and so I do need to do that for Instagram because but Instagram for me is a little bit different because I'm running four different pages yeah so it is a little bit um for me like I do need to get a, automate that whole system that's that's a, that's one of my plans but it does because there's so many different things coming at me especially on a DM tip yeah. It always is like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I can't, I'm just going to take a break. Yeah. And so I've been more intentional with taking breaks now um, and literally just leaving my phone in another room and going and doing something else. Yeah. And either it's writing or reading, um, something that allows me to break off of social media because it can get, you go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> I know, for sure. Or you're looking at one thing. <laughs> And then like a hair video comes up and then I'm like five hair videos in. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and so you do get to that point where you're like, oh my God, like what time? Like, I've been looking at hair videos for 30 minutes. Like yeah. what is going on yeah, right yeah. now? So it does like, you do have to be intentional with that because, you know, there's a lot of things that we are dealing with. Like you said, a lot of things that you are, that you struggled with. And even for me, you know, I'm still struggling with having big feet and, you know, just going through those emotions and, and finding things that I like. Yeah. And and that is something that, you know, I've always struggled with. But now I started to turn that into something else instead of seeing it as a struggle, just seeing it as something where I just have to do a little bit more research and just be grateful that one, my feet do work. Um, <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, I don't have to you know, go through different things that other people have to go through. It doesn't make my struggle with that you know that much more you know I guess what people will say you bet you have it better than some people and I hate when people say that because I'm like that negates the challenges that I'm going through so but I I, that gratefulness that I have to say you know these things work for me so I'm grateful for that even though I can still say you know I wish I wore a size nine because you know, I know people who are taller than me that wear size nine. Yeah. And they can find shoes. <laughs> yeah, but you know, those those simple things um, they do add up if you continue to think about them and and put this this pressure on yourself. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to switch um, switch slightly, and mm-hmm. um, I you know, there's this thing that I always say I'm allergic to settling, and yeah, um, I'm allergic to it. So. I can always tell if I'm if I'm if I'm settling in a situation, my eyes get puffy. <laughs> you know, I always mm-hmm. like I, mm-hmm. I started to get really irritated and itchy. And so um yep. one of the things I have noticed tremendously, and I, I'm not, you know, sure of your relationship status, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of single people in the world. And mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of settling. <laughs> There's yes. a lot of, you know, and one of the things social media is, has been, you know, beneficial in a lot of ways, but it's also opened up a Pandora's box, so to speak, um, especially in the arena of relationships. And so what would you say, and this is more so from a, you know, from a being a woman and from a woman's side, mm-hmm. being able to discover 
who I am as a woman and who you are, who we are as women and are sexy, how do you think that relates or translates into our stance of settling or not in relationships? It plays into it tremendously um, because I think a lot of times what happens is we have like, you know, they have those couple goals. Yep. Um, and so we saw how that just went crazy with this whole Jada and Will thing mm-hmm. because they were like, you know, everybody's couple that we all looked up to. And so, and I think one thing that we, we have to understand is that every relationship is different. Sure. So you shouldn't really have couple goals because you don't know what they've gone through well, obviously we do now, but you don't know what they've gone through in those spaces and places. And I think that um, the other thing with that is that women, especially black women, have been inundated with struggle love, struggle love, struggle yeah. love. Like it's enough mm-hmm. to just have somebody, you know, if they have a job, like then you should be happy that they have a job, they're coming home, if yeah. they have a car, you know, if they have these things that you're like, but that's what you're supposed to have. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is basic things. You're, that's what you do as an adult. Like you have a car, you have a, you know, a place to rest your head. You, you know, if you have children, you're taking care of those responsibilities. Like you should not be applauded for things that you are supposed to do as an adult that we have to do every day. So I think with that, when you get to that point where you have the confidence to understand that, you know, you are enough by yourself, yeah. then it's so much easier to see those warning signals that are coming at you and say, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Thank you. No, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I, yeah. I'm good. But I think sometimes we have this thing where if you're single, you have to be unhappy. Like you just, you're, you must be miserable being a single woman. <laughs> yeah. And I've been single for, um, since my divorce, even before that, like I was single and I love it. It's, I mean, I'm not saying I don't want a relationship, but I understand that marriage takes work. Of course. If you get married to the wrong person, it is like a death sentence Mm. because everything that you are trying to do will not prosper because you will be so worried about this relationship that is not feeding you, that doesn't offer you anything, but literally a body to be next to yeah. that you really take the focus off of yourself you take the focus off of your dreams off of the things that you really are passionate about because your focus is on making this relationship work I think relationships should take work but it sh- still should be effortless yeah like this person should add to your life and if they're not adding to your life then what is the purpose of you being with them like you could do bad by yourself yeah um and so I think that because of that narrative of, you know, what we see in the media, especially when it becomes for black couples is, oh yeah, well he cheated, he did this, but you know, he loves her and he comes home at night. I've seen that so many times. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, okay, if that works for you, you know, God bless and good night. But I'm not that person. Like I don't want to be in that space because one, that's to me, I think about resource allocation. You're taking resources out my house. Um, and that's a problem <laughs> mm-hmm, for me. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. Two, you know, this person is liable to give you anything because if they're out doing what they want to do, your whole stress level is, you know, ratcheted up because you're thinking about that person. What are they doing? Who are they doing? And, you know, for Black women, heart disease is the number one killer. So you are, you know, putting yourself in these stressful situations 
for a relationship. And this person obviously doesn't respect you enough to say, I have what I need at home, so I don't need to get it outside of my home. Now, if you have that type of relationship, like I know there are people who are okay with being in, you know, I think it's polyamorous relationships Mm -hmm. or um, which is fine, but everyone has to be on the same table. Like you can't just say, I'm going to do this. And your spouse or your partner is like, well, I didn't know we were doing this. Like, when did you decide this by yourself? Because we weren't on the same page. So I think that everyone has to think about it for what works good for them. But I am team no struggle of all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. Because, like I said, you can do bad by yourself. So why would you involve someone else to do worse? Like that, to me, I don't get it. I don't, it doesn't make sense. And I know that is a holdover from, you know, a lot of our history. For sure. And we see that now coming up where we will praise, you know, women for staying the course for, like, like we said, um, what's her name? Lizzo said, why men great until they got to be great. Like we, we mm-hmm. praise them for staying in that space. And, but we can't see how it really takes a toll on our mental, physical, you know, spiritual health. And that's a problem for me as an advocate for black women. That's a huge problem for me. Yeah. You said a mouthful, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> there, I'm like taking notes as you're talking um, to kind of go back to some points. So, you know, I this whole thing about like really discovering and tapping into your sexy really does play into your life as a whole. And yeah. because what it does is as you're discovering yourself, your body, your mind, your emotions, even areas of blockage um, within those areas, you really begin to, when you do that work, you position mm-hmm. yourself to not to to value to add value to yourself and understand your value that you won't settle mm-hmm. for these for these red flags that are so blatant None. sometimes you you won't settle yeah. for them and you also embrace a happiness and a joy that you've never felt before mm-hmm. because a lot of times i believe people who are unhappy and single is because they have not done the work of identifying themselves yes because I totally agree. you get what I'm saying? Because when you really know mm-hmm. yourself, first of all, when you know yourself, you begin to operate differently. You begin to focus mm-hmm. on your goals, your purpose. You get centered around friends that, you know, enjoy going out or traveling or they're, be- you know, it's a two way benefit um, to the friendship. There are certain things that you do differently when you really discover who you are. So there's a happiness and a joy that happens because you really start living life. It's like, I, re- mm-hmm. I remember in my early 20s, I was like, oh, I don't want to, um, I wanted to travel overseas. Uh, I think I was like 23 or something like that. And I wanted to go on the trip. And I said, no, I'm going to wait to do that when I get married. And now mm-hmm. being 35, thinking about that 23-year-old girl saying that, I'm like, girl, have you lost, <laughs> <laughs> have you lost your mind? You know what I'm saying? Because yes. We think about like, we're almost, we're, we forget to live in the moment. And so mm-hmm. when you do, when you do the work and you discover and you tap into these elements of just value and sexiness for yourself, you really do increase your levels of happiness and joy. I mean, you really do because you, you begin do. to live differently. And so when you get into situations or in relationships, you expect people. And one of the things that I wrote down is you expect people and you hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. 
for their actions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I was listening to you talk, a lot of situations are not addressed because no one wants to hold, no one wants to take responsibility. And then as women, especially black women, we have a tendency to not hold men accountable. Yeah. So it's kind of like what yeah. you said, you know, oh, well, he came home. No, 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 no. Thank you for coming home because that's what you're supposed to do. Let's focus on, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's focus on this or being able to have a demand both ways. You know, a man have his demands or his standards and a woman have our, you know, demands and standards, but being able to hold mm-hmm. each other accountable, however your relationship, you know, is accountability is important because we mess up. We don't, you don't just, you don't just get to make an error or a mistake. I mean, I have a 16 year old son and I'm always talking Mm -hmm. to him about taking accountability. We don't, don't, let's not brush over, Hey, you didn't do something. Well, I did this. Okay, great. I'm glad that you did that, but let's focus on what you did not do Mm -hmm. and let's take accountability for that. And so it's, it's just interesting how the thing that people don't want to do, like focus on themselves, (laughs) and love themselves and you know touch themselves and fall in love with themselves and add value to themselves and clean themselves up is the thing that will actually make their life so much freer and better so much better and it's it's interesting to me especially when I hear women and I ask them questions you know like before the sessions about themselves Mm. and they will tell me if they have a spouse um, or partner, they'll tell me about their partner. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, but I'm asking you a question about yeah. yourself. Like I'm asking you about what you yep. like, what do you feel good in? What makes sense for yeah. you? And they, or I'll have people say, I can't do a session because I don't have a partner. And I'm like, but this, the session is not for your partner. Like it literally is for you. Yeah. It's for no other person, but you. Yeah. Because you are tapping into that part of you that has been dormant. Like, that's what this is. It's not about anyone else. It's not even about me as a photographer. Um, It's literally about what is it that makes you feel sexy and what do you want me to capture? Like, that is what it's all about. And we sometimes, we feel feel shame. We feel a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame with understanding what our sexy is, what our version of sexy is. Because if it's something that we consider taboo or our culture considers taboo, we feel wrong about it. We feel guilty about it. And I really want, you know, women to understand that you shouldn't have to feel that way for something that makes you feel good. Like if you center your pleasure, like you said, you would be so much happier, so much freer. Like you would feel liberated from thinking that you in a way when that's not it at all. Because if the person loves you, like they say they love you, they'll be happy with you being happy. For sure. I, oh, this is, this is good. I actually, there was a couple of different branches and alleyways that I wanted to go off. So I restrained myself. Um, so that <laughs> We can do it. I'm down. <laughs> so that we can stay on topic. But I really, man, I, for mm-hmm. one, I love what you're doing. I love the fact that this is Thank you. your mission and this is your goal. I am so big on people discovering who they are and overcoming emotional and mental trauma. That's my own personal um, push for people because mm-hmm. I feel like those blocks get in the way of people really living the life that they desire. And so 
I just, I love when women are pushing to help other women because a lot of times what happens, especially with us, is we have a tendency Mm -hmm. to become educated, to level up, to upgrade, and then we don't go back. And we don't go back Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. don't educate, re-educate and teach our fellow sisters and our friends and families and nieces and nephew, I mean, nieces and all of that stuff to really help them um, overcome a lot of the hurdles that it took us to get to our thirties. You know, we could kind of go back to our nieces that are in their twenties or, you know, girls that are in their teens and say, baby girl, (laughs) baby girl, Mm -hmm. you don't Mm -hmm. take those trips, (laughs) go take those pictures, touch yourself, love yourself, fall in love with those areas um, that you, that people made you think that you weren't supposed to love and we mm-hmm. like I love that oh okay see I'm about to okay so let's we're we're not gonna go off on it it's not a tangent but what <laughs> it is is that I get so passionate about especially when you connect with people who have who really have the same mission you want yeah there's just so much and I can tell from your story and I know as well as mine there's just so much that I believe that we've gone through that you want other people to not have to go through the same thing um yeah yeah. That you, when you start to engage and you talk about it and you connect with people who are, you know, making the same moves. And this is what I talk about happiness. This is what I talk about. You know, this is what I'm talking about. Like when you, mm-hmm. whatever stage you're in, when you truly know yourself and you identify and you touch base with people who have the same energy as you and who have the same movement yeah. as you, it's almost like um, the purpose and the passion and the energy inside of you leaps. It gets hot. Like, you know what I'm saying? I- I'm putting up my hand. I'm putting up my praise hand. My praise hand is in the air. It's like at least you just get it. You get excited, and so we definitely have to do something together. We definitely have to. We definitely have to connect, and we have to. We have to do something. So I know that we're gonna. um, Yeah, we're definitely gonna do something. Um, So, anyways, I thank you so much for just taking you know the time out of your busy schedule and having a conversation. Definitely, you know, COVID is definitely giving us a little bit more time back. (laughs) So to speak. So I hope you're staying safe. But I definitely want you to tell our friends um, where they can find you, social media, how they can get a session with you, and all of that good stuff. So you can find me on um, O Experience. That's O H Experience. Everything is O Experience on my website, on um, Instagram, and on my Instagram, I actually have information for my other things like Boudoir for Black Women and O Empower. So Instagram is the okay. best way uh, because everything is there with the drop down menu. And thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate you know sharing my message with my sisters because I think that's like you said the the most important piece of for sure. what we do. For sure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Grilled Cheese and Rosé. If this is your first time with me, you can find me on social media at Meet Brittany Nicole, and you can visit my website meetbrittanynicole.me. I'm giving away free stuff every single week. All you have to do is go to my website, meetbrittanynicole.me, click on the link that says free stuff, type in your name and your email address, and you're in there. From there, I'm going to send you free stuff every single week. So be sure to share this episode and subscribe if you haven't already. And as always, love and evolution.